Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, men and women of the world, of the fourth and troll fantasy world, welcome back to the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. That is right. It's fourth and troll fantasy. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we are coming off of what was the biggest explosion of fantasy football that we have seen based on how this season has gone. What a crazy week we had as far as fantasy football performances go. Some great games, some insane performances, some hat trick touchdowns scored. Unbelievable stuff in the fantasy football world this week. Wes, how'd this week treat you? How are you feeling? How are you doing? I am. I'm great. Uh, it's a bummer when you put up 130 points and you don't win. Yeah, because that was the minimum <laughs> for everyone this week. It was yeah. shocking for, you know, it happened to be in mine and Noah's, uh, I would say, um, most uh, personal league. The one we have them we've invested the most in. Yeah, there's daily communication in. in this league and everybody's always talking and lots of lots of trades and trash talk all that fun stuff yeah so that's the that one of my four leagues i lost i won in all my other leagues but congratulations i i I went up against alvin Kamara in two leagues so gosh managed to scrape by and won but it was the difference maker in our league noah how are you doing after probably i would say the biggest fantasy football weekend i think i've ever seen yeah you know i'm in the same boat wes i'm doing all right Took a loss, put up 133 points, which Jeez. is like, you it's lost. like, man, how do you take, how do you take a loss on 133 points? My opponent scored 149, you know, it's just like, I think the average score in that league and probably around most leagues in fantasy this week was, was like 140 or something along those lines. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Started out Sunday morning, just watching AJ Brown, just, <laughs> just Ooh. make me feel terrible. In turn, though, I had Jalen Waddle, so I was I was out to I was out at a at a restaurant with uh, my opponent this Sunday. We we're watching, and we're, I'm just watching AJ Brown, and then we look to the other TV, and it's, it's Jalen Waddle, and then it's back to AJ Brown, <laughs> and it's Jalen Waddle, and then we're watching. I have DeAndre Hopkins on this on this team, so I'm watching DeAndre Hopkins go, and it's just came down to it. Needed T Higgins to pull off his best game of the season on uh, on Monday night if I wanted to get a win. Couldn't do it, but 133 points. It's just, you know, future's bright. Future looks good, but it is funny uh, how just it's almost it's almost a wash. Like yeah. everyone played great. At the same time, that means like no one uh was no one stood out. Everyone was yeah. just so good. So it's tough. Wanna to give a special shout out to uh one of our league mates, Wes. That's yeah. uh it's our resident Brit, Jacob Wheeler. Oh, it's a tough beat on Monday night football. It was, you know. Jacob was down, I think, 18 or so points. And he had Nick Chubb and his opponent had Hayden Hurst. And with six minutes to go in this Browns-Bengals game, it is it is lead changes. It is like, it's like, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. And the Browns got up enough and had a little enough time on the clock that Dearness Johnson just ran out the last few first downs. He lost by less than a point. He needed nine rushing yards from Nick Chubb to get a win and take down the undefeated team in our league. And so condolences, condolences 
to our buddy Jacob Wheeler, but that was, man, oh, it was a tough one. That was a tough one, but it is going to be a great show that we have for you today. We've got a huge weekend, as we were talking about just now, fantasy football, crazy performances to go through, some fluker for real to kind of break down. Going to do some must-starts, risky starts, don't starts, and then on the morning of this NFL trade deadline Tuesday, Mm. Wes, what do we need to know going into week nine of the fantasy football season? We're going to start out with a defensive update, which we don't normally share defensive player news, but the Buccaneers superstar linebacker Shaq Barrett tore his Achilles on Thursday night football and is done for the season. I think I read his recovery time is seven to nine months. Yeah. So this makes the Bucks defense, this makes it relevant to fantasy is that the Bucks defense is already uh, in shambles right now. This makes them a tough start going forward, especially without Shaq Barrett. And they haven't even, they've scored four points or less over the last three games. So including a zero point performance on Thursday. So we think moving forward, the bucks are going to be a stream at best. Now, after missing his fifth straight game, Michael Thomas has no timetable for his return. According to uh, the saints head coach, he's still expected to return at some point. But even still, he's disappointed fantasy owners yet again with an injury. So who knows if we'll ever see him this season. And as we know, Connor also missed Sunday's game against the Vikings. Cliff Kingsbury stated that uh, after ruling James Connor out on Friday morning, uh, a few days in advance before the game, they already ruled him out. He said, quote, hopefully he'll play next week. It's probably best to continue to hold on to Eno Benjamin, see how that works out. Eno Benjamin didn't have such a great game, but just in case, James Conner still may miss another week of football. Matt Jones is dealing with numbness in the same foot. He had a high ankle sprain in a week three. He's still playing against uh, the Bears, or not the Bears. Who am I talking about? He's still playing, not Bears, but on Monday night, still playing next up, but it may affect... um, their their decision going forward um bailey zappy may keep playing um it's just a a tricky situation with how Belichick's going to go who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be um the Bengals have clarified that jamar chase will not go on ir so he's not guaranteed a minimum of four weeks but he still could be it's just something worth contemplating if you're holding on to jamar chase and you're thinking about trading him or on the flip side if you wanted to trade for him he may come back in three weeks we don't know nothing's guaranteed but we do know he's not on ir yet so in baltimore gus edwards as we saw suffered a thursday night football injury to his hamstring which was after a great run. And so far, it's only considered to be minor, but he's still going to be likely a game time decision, maybe a few days out before he uh, is officially determined whether he's going to play in their next game. Uh, right now, John Harbrook said he's day to day, but it's still going to be several days before they touch the field again. So who knows if it's locked in yet? We'll have to wait to hear. Uh, there's been some discussion. And Dallas, after Tony Pollard's impressive performance as to whether or not Tony Pollard may split the backfield as a committee or possibly be named the RB1 in Dallas. Well, Jerry Jones said that they're going to go with Zeke no matter what, as long as Zeke is healthy. So, no one I have some thoughts on that one. Boo! That a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's it's not been Zeke's year. <laughs> Tony Pollard's been great, but anyway, all right. Some scary news happened at the end of the 49ers game. Cooper Cup was injured very late in the fourth quarter with an ankle sprain. It appears. Uh, that Sean McVay said that Cooper Cup will be day to day, but he does expect him to still play on Sunday. So keep your eye out just in case Cooper Cup has to make this miss this week. Jonathan wanna, Taylor, can I, say, can I say something on that real quick? Yeah, you can. Okay, I know we all praise Sean McVay as this wonder kid, and he's won a Super Bowl and all this stuff, and he's so young and he's a great coach. Dude, you're down three scores with less than two minutes left in the game. Why are your starters playing? Stop. Fair Stop. Fair I don't point. know if it's a, I don't know if it's like a little brother, big brother type thing with Shanahan and he's trying to like close the gap. So he doesn't lose by as much from the coach on the coaching tree. He came from that, stop. Like that's, that's really dumb. I, I thought it was so stupid to see. I was like, Oh, so who's hurt? It's probably Skoranek or something like that. No Cooper cup is playing on the last drive of the game when they're he's pass blocking on the last drive of the game. It was so, it, I thought that was so dumb. I'm still a McVay fan, but that was so stupid. And and we're really hoping that this Cooper Cup injury is not something serious because football is better when Cooper Cup plays. So just, that is very true. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Anyway. All right. Jonathan Taylor reportedly tweaked his ankle as well uh, during the week against the commanders and will be evaluated later this week to see if there's any real cause for concern. I've got cause for concern with the Colts offense, but it's uh, going to see, we're gonna have to see if Jonathan Taylor has any kind of injury for anything that sets him back for the next week or so. Andy Reed, you know, the chiefs head coach, he said that Kadarius Tony is healthy <laughs> and ready to practice. And they yeah. are quote ready to get him in the mix. You got to wonder if Kadarius Tony was like, ah, oh, yeah, this hurts real bad. Oh, Mahomes is my quarterback. You know, it feels pretty good. Feels pretty yeah, it feels good. good. Feels good. I can ready. get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Apparently, he 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 could uh, suit up uh, first game as a Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night against uh, who was it? The Titans, I believe. Well, in uh, New England, Devontae Parker also suffered an ankle injury. A lot of ankle injuries. Jeez. Ankle sprain against the uh, against the Jets, but he may only miss one week if you have Devontae Parker for some reason. Mark Ingram suffered a grade two MCL sprain. It will be out three to four weeks, which makes a very interesting uh, situation based on Alvin Kamara and whether or not he is traded. We'll get to some trades in a little bit here. Chuba Hubbard is expected to play this week, but Sam Wilkes stated before the Bucks game he'd roll with a hot hand. All signs currently point to, Devonta, to Deonta Foreman remaining as the lead back in Carolina after all that he did against the Falcons. My goodness. In Baltimore, one last injury. Rashad Bateman will miss several weeks with a foot injury. And as far as the Ravens have, Ravens have reported, Mark Andrews is fine and is just dealing with a shoulder and ankle injury, but isn't expected to miss any time. And like I said with trades, we're not going to report any trades because we we're dropping this episode bright and early on this November 1st trade deadline Tuesday. So we're just going to wait until Thursday to talk about any of the big news that happened. We don't want to give you say, Oh, this has happened, but not include something else just in case. So for that reason, we're going to move on and head over to uh, the recap of the most explosive fantasy weekend in history. Noah, who got us hyped up? Who didn't get us? Who hyped didn't? Up, honestly? That's what I was going to say. Who didn't get us hyped up? Cause that was ridiculous. I mean, uh, from a fantasy point standpoint, so many people got us hyped up. 
from just people making plays, people got me hyped up. PJ Walker got me hyped up. PJ Walker. Walker. That was the what a best hoss. throw of the year. Best throw that was of the incredible. year. Unbelievable. Really wish they would have sealed that with a W. That's all good. Yeah. DJ Moore, worst mistake of the year. Yeah, the worst mistake of the year. Also, just want to say, Arthur Smith, remember when I ranted at you about using Kyle Pitts? Remember, again, now you use Kyle Pitts and you won a football game. So, you know, never been wrong on this podcast. Never been, never wrong. been wrong. Never been wrong. Never been wrong. So many people got us hyped up, though, Wes. We just mentioned him a little bit regarding his running mate, but Alvin Kamara. I think the dude's back. I think oh, he's back. Yeah. I think my big concern coming into the season with Kamara was we've seen him play with Jameis and he doesn't get thrown the ball with Jameis. Well, Jameis got benched. So Alvin Kamara is feasting. <laughs> he is feasting. 18 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. 10 targets. 10 targets as a running back. That's ridiculous. Nine catches for nearly 100 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Top scoring running back on the week with 42.8 fantasy points. You're saying top scoring running back. How, didn't Christian McCaffrey go off? Yeah, he did too. Who didn't? Am I right? <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, 40.26 fantasy points. Oh, 18 just sit carries. Back and listen to these stats. Unbelievable. 18 carries for 94 yards and a touchdown. Nine targets, eight catches, 55 yards, and an unbelievable receiving touchdown. And then one passing attempt, one completion. 34 passing yards in a touchdown move Gosh. over Jimmy G it's it's CMC in this, <laughs> he is running this Best offense it's ridiculous. it's ridiculous he is he is unbelievable people may be saying no way you traded away Christian McCaffrey do you regret it well I got good stuff in return so not entirely but man 40.26 fantasy points from Christian McCaffrey to for your defense though you traded away the Carolina Panthers Christian McCaffrey yeah. When Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, my team wouldn't be what they are now if I hadn't have made that trade and gotten those pieces in return. So listen, Christian McCaffrey, absolutely killing it. Always good to see one of your, uh, one of, one of your exes go out there and just absolutely thrive. And that's what I'm watching right now. So glow up. Christian McCaffrey, absolutely killing it. 23 jerseys, still kind of weird. Wish you would have paid Jeff Wilson for the 22, but it's all good. Yeah. AJ Brown. I talked about him a little bit. Just got to watch this man terrorize me. 11 targets, six catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. In the first half, I mean, three <laughs> touchdowns, just shy of 40 fantasy points, 39.6 wide receiver one on the week. I mean, any doubt anyone had about Jalen Hurts being able to pocket, being a pocket passer. Dude is unbelievable when you put some great weapons around him. We'll talk a little bit more about him and his weapons and must start risky start and don't start. But AJ Brown, unbelievable wide receiver one on the week. Let's talk about somehow Derrick Henry is not the, the RB one on the week, despite going for over 200 rushing yards. Oh my goodness. 35.8 35.8 fantasy points, 32 carries, which I was ex- I, I was expecting for this game with no Ryan Tannehill. Was going to wonder how much of a passing game they had against the Texans with Malik Willis under center. Pretty much none. Pretty much none there. None at all. 32 carries, 219 rushing yards, two touchdowns. 
one target, one catch for nine yards. Listen, don't say he's not a he's not a PPR value, baby. Yeah, one point nine points there. One point nine points. You know, you could have just had thirty three point nine fantasy points. Oh, but no, he's a PPR value, baby. Yeah, yeah. Thirty five point You would have lost this week. My goodness, dude. First this is two- like. As soon as you said, I, I think I think King yeah. Henry is not right. He as said, soon as we what said, I think saying? we lost the king and the queen in the same week. <laughs> Derek Henry just decided to say, "Oh no, I'm still here. Don't worry." Resurrection. Yeah, I'm still here. Don't worry. Um, you know that whole thing of you know there hasn't been a a, a 28 plus year old running back to finish top five or something like that. Yeah, no, that's that's out the window. That is wide Absolutely. out the window. <laughs> Also, first 200-yard rushing game for a running back this season, something tells me it will not be his last either because he just loves to terrorize the Houston Texans. And he's got to play the Jaguars still. And yeah, he still has to play the Jaguars. destroys them, He hates too. them, too. Yeah, Derrick Henry, if there's one thing we know about him, he hates the Jaguars and he hates the Texans. He hates the And South. he has three more games against them collectively this season. So that is going to be unbelievable. Wes, let's talk about our boys, baby. Dude, let's talk about our boys. Miami Trio. Miami trio, the big three, you know, we thought the, 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 there was only be one Miami big three when it was LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Uh-uh. Right. They're pretty uh-uh. good. Uh, 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 this <laughs> offense is crazy, man. Tua Tungo by 29.18 fantasy points, 382 yards, three touchdowns, and then five rushes for 19 yards. QB one on the week. Gotta love it. Gotta love seeing our boy out there flinging the rock. Who cares? Who cares if Tyreek came back for a ball? I don't. I want. I want a game. What did you do? Yeah, fantasy uh, points helped. <laughs> yeah, still a catch. I, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Listen, I'll, listen. I'll be a biased fan, real quick. Just because, just because Twitter talking heads make me a little mad. Ready? Yeah. Everyone is losing their mind, praising Terry McLaurin for the catch he made on Stephon Gilmore at the end of that Colts game. Do not get me wrong. Incredible catch and play by Terry McLaurin. Incredible play on Stephon Gilmore. He came back on that that deep shot by Sam Ellinger, or sorry, deep shot by Taylor Heineke to get them to score the game-winning touchdown. Great play by Terry McLaurin. If that's a Tua ball to Tyreek Hill, everyone is talking about the underthrow. That is the only thing they're talking about with that play. Just going to say that. Just going to say that. If that's a Tua ball to Tyreek, it's nothing but... Holy underthrow. Oh my gosh, he had to come back for that one. Oh my gosh, he put every bit of him into that throw. And then, oh my gosh, shut up. Don't <laughs> care. Give me one on the week. Suck it. I don't care. I don't oh. care. And you know why I don't care? Because Tyreek Hill had 31.5 fantasy points. And then Jalen Waddle had 30.6 fantasy points. So talk all you want about noodle arm to it. Uh, 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 whatever. I don't care. My goodness. He produces <laughs> for the people. And also, by the way, he's 5-0 and on the season. So just, just going to say that one, too. It was the Lions. Don't care. Don't one care. Of the one the of Eagles the... won by three points against the Lions. So whatever. <laughs> All right. I want to... <laughs> Sorry, I just had a little fun there. Just want to share one thing. Is anyone still listening? Do you think anyone's still around right now? (laughs) Hello, hello, guys. Guys? Up, guys. Um, I just want to say that I'm so happy that Jalen Waddle is balling out too, because that was a concern heading into this season. Was like, all right, Tyreek Hill's still going to do well, but like, 
man, Jalen Waddle broke a record last season. Most receptions by a rookie. We were so excited for him, but now in fantasy, Tyreek Hill is going to like eliminate all the progress he made. Nope. Nope. They're both great. They're both top five wide receivers in receiving yards. And in fact, Tyreek Hill is on pace to break the record. Unbelievable. Yeah, but, yeah, but Tua is going to ruin him, right? But, but Tua is going to ruin him. I'm, right? I'm going to yeah. make a point about it, but I'm going to be far less biased than what you just did. But we'll get to that when we get to let down in a second on a sure. different wide receiver. But sure, sure, sure. It's, yeah, it's no, awesome. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see this trio doing, doing so well. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. I'm thrilled for next week against, against Chicago to watch this team do what they do. I am thrilled, Wes, for December to watch this team in person with you oh, at oh. SoFi Stadium take on the Chargers. Man, what a game oh, this is going to be. It's going to be a fun one. But that trio is absolutely killing it. Another guy who was just coming back and killing it. Another guy that was on my fantasy team this week, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, boy. We are being oh rewarded boy. if we waited on this man because 33.9 fantasy points. He is leading the league in targets and receiving yards over these past two weeks since he returned. Don't expect that to slow down, to be completely honest. He is absolutely killing it. 33.9 yeah. points, 13 targets, 12 catches, 159 yards, and a beautiful one-handed snag touchdown. Ooh, he was unbelievable. Nice He's unbelievable. He is so good at football. And everyone was like, oh, he, he tweeted about it. He was like, oh, yeah, I turned 30. I'm washed. I'm I'm done for, right? Okay, yeah, here we are. Here we are. You know? <laughs> here we are. Man, he is so good. We teased him a little bit, though, here in the beginning, West, But Tony Pollard, 33 fantasy Dude. points, 14 carries for 131 yards, three touchdowns, one target, one catch for 16 yards, 15 touches for 147 yards and three touchdowns. Jerry Jones, I don't care if you paid Zeke a lot of money. Guess what? You made a mistake. Oh. You made a mistake because Tony Pollard should be the sole feature running back in your offense. Here's the one thing I'll say on Tony Pollard. It was 15 touches. And I get it. They were up by 20 most of the game. So they didn't really have to do like a whole lot on offense. They didn't really have to do a ton. Like it was like, you know, whatever. I, I, the only reason I think maybe they still lean on Zeke here is because Zeke can tote the rock 25 times in a game. And we've never seen Pollard take on that kind of, kind of role. But if he does this with 15 touches, what is he going to do with 25? Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. I guess because Jerry Jones writes checks that he gets to be the one to say all this stuff. But I'm like, yo, Mike McCarthy, like if you've got any say here and any conversation you can have, say to Jerry, hey, we haven't put up 49 points all season. And he scored 21 of those points. So... Like he's going to, I honestly think we're looking closer and closer and closer to a split here in this backfield. And I really think it needs to be because Tony Pollard is electric and I have not seen Ezekiel Elliott be electric on this offense since it's his rookie season. It's very possible that Tony Pollard steps into a position where he is considered an RB2 in your fantasy roster just after this kind of outing. I know that it's the Bears defense and they have not been good against the rush. I think at halftime it was like, you know, 100 you know, maybe like a hundred yards, but he had like a touchdown at halftime. And it was like, he had like 15 to 20 points. And I was like, yeah, 
that is what I expected. I like this. This is this is rewarding for those of you that started Tony Pollard knowing Zeke was out. And then you get two more touchdowns, and it's like, yeah. hey, what and do like you, explosive what do touchdowns too. <laughs> explosive oh, plays. Yeah. It's just like and this hey. is actually back to my point in week one for Sunday night football. I was saying Zeke yeah. only gets touchdowns inside the red zone. Well, Tony Pollard burst down the sideline for these touchdowns. Yeah. So he, he he's going to really be good. in our um, in our fluker for real segment. So I've got no, I've got another idea I want to share when we get to him later because sure. this was a this was a this is a head turning performance and raises questions in that backfield, doesn't it? It it, it most certainly does. And you know, Tony Pollard's going to be a free agent this offseason. Dude, he he is going to get a bag from somebody because they somebody is going to pay him because I uh, my goodness put like put Tony Pollard in Buffalo holy crap like that oh. is going to be ridiculous with that team Tony Pollard just killing it another another backup stepping into a big role is uh is is, is we'll go to another guy here is a backup stepping into a big role and this guy just seems to just he he seems to. Maybe this guy's nickname is to be the mirror because whenever star running backs go out, this guy <laughs> just comes in and does the same thing that they do. Because the Deontay Foreman, 31.8 fantasy points. He had 26 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah. Dude's that awesome. Is, that is Great. fantastic. Good for him, man. Good for him. I mean, we really loved him seeing him fill in for Derrick Henry, you know, Good for him. Maybe I'm not sure exactly what his contract situation is. And there's, you know, there's a running back spot available in Carolina. Maybe, sure. Maybe he keeps that spot. Maybe he goes somewhere else and gets a good, a good role there, but who knows? Maybe, you know, they probably won't keep Steve Wilkes on as the head coach, but if they do, maybe Deontay Foreman's a guy that we're drafting maybe the third round next year in fantasy drafts, just because we've seen what he can do here. It's also Love a to little, see Deontay uh... Foreman do that. Yeah, I agree. I'm very happy to know that he is this kind of player. And it's also just a little bit of like, you know, I'll pat your back. You pat mine, Noah. Like, hey, we we, we, we said this. It was Foreman instead of Hubbard. And Hubbard oh, yeah. can still play a good role going forward. But it was like, yeah, we we saw this last year. We're going we're gonna to say it's Foreman. And yeah, show from- enough. Yeah. 100%. That's all I got to yeah. say. Show 100%. Enough. Yeah, this was – and this was – yeah, th- you're exactly right, Wes. This was from this was from the preseason. You know, we said – you know, we did our mock draft episode, and, you know, when Christian McCaffrey was taken, you know, we went and said, you know, well, the, if you're going to handcuff him, the handcuff we prefer, and the guy we think can take over for him in a decent role is going to be Deontay Foreman. Here we are. Listen, I don't. Uh, he, that may be his best game of the season. Probably will be. Probably will be his best game of the season. But we've seen now two weeks in a row of him getting workhorse opportunities, and he's doing well for your fantasy team. So, really awesome if you're a Deontay Foreman owner. Um, you know, I, I, and I had Deontay Foreman on my bench. I, uh, I picked him up off waivers. Actually, traded him. I traded him before this game. <laughs> Listen, would have loved to have him. Not that I would have started him over Kenneth Walker the third or Jonathan Taylor this week, but would have been awesome to still have him on my bench. I ended up trading him to upgrade my quarterback situation, as I talked about on last Friday's episode with Mr. TB12 for us to pivot here. Mm. But Deontay yeah. Foreman, it's awesome to see him have success, and we're really happy for him there. Another guy here, just a few more. Jalen Hurts, we already talked about his wide receiver. 285 yards and four touchdowns 
Listen, he looked like a pocket passer. You know why? Because he only ran the ball twice. He ran the ball twice against the Steelers. The upside of Jalen Hurts is his rushing rushing talent, his rushing upside. You didn't even need it. 28.4 fantasy points in three quarters. Three quarters from this guy, 28.4 fantasy points. Awesome and if to anyone, see Jalen Hurts. If anyone is trying to uh, say that he's not a good pocket passer and trying to say that A.J. Brown gets all the credit – well, look, it's fantasy football. So if AJ Brown's hauling in three touchdowns in however many double, triple coverage you want, okay, great. Jalen Hurts walked in with four touchdowns. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Whatever. Well, I, I don't mean, who cares what yeah. you think on his like in the scale and the tier list of of quarterback rankings? <laughs> there he is, yeah. QB two by like decimal points to Tua. Yeah. So look at them Bama boys go. Yeah, look at them Bama boys go. Those pocket passers. Yeah, we talk about pocket passing, right? Because Peyton Manning had no one as his wide receivers for his whole career. What, like, what? What are we doing here? Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker. There's a name. Yeah. Julius Thomas caught the caught the record breaking touchdown for the single season at the time. Listen, Jalen Hurts is proven doubters wrong. I remember I, we saw Gardner Minshew come into this game. Remember when everyone was like, Minshew's going to take Jalen Hurts' job? Uh, what? Like, what are we doing here? No. Jalen last Hurts season calls. was a much different story about what they wanted from Jalen Hurts and the questions if he if he was going to be their franchise. Yeah. And here we are, eight weeks in, and they have yet to lose. And, yeah. and he's putting up big fantasy points too. Okay. So. And I was I was speaking with some people this weekend because I and, and I made a bold take and and I'm not I'm not gonna mark my words on this. It was just something to look at. I okay. think the Eagles could make the playoffs undefeated. I think they could go undefeated regular season. Because here's the rest of their schedule. Okay. They have the Texans on Thursday night football. Okay. They have the Commanders next Monday. Hmm. They have the Commanders, sorry, the Commanders the Monday after that. They have the Colts the week after that. They have the Packers the week after that. They have the Titans after that. They have the Giants after that. They have the Bears after that. They have the Cowboys after that. They have the Saints next. And they close out the season against the Giants. Listen. Though the only teams on that on this remaining roster here, and everyone has down weeks, so I get it. The only teams that I think can beat them here are going to be. I think the Giants might be able to win one of these games, or the Cowboys could beat them. I also Cowboys might be able to beat them. I'm going to throw in the Titans. I think the Titans have a shot. You think so? Just with the running yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Derek Titans Henry. are Titans are pretty resilient, and uh, wow, how am I forgetting their head co- Vrabel? And Vrabel always can can usually figure out a way, but. And they got a good yeah, rush defense. Like, I think they're, yeah. And I think, but I think they're going to be favored in like every single one of those games. And, and, you know, I think there is a chance they still could lose one of those, but gosh, they look good. That team is crazy. And they, they are, they, they may only, they, there's a chance they only lose the Super Bowl potentially. This could be absolutely crazy. But I know the 1972 Miami Dolphins, Larry Zonka is waiting with his bottle of champagne to pop open, but. They need to wait a little bit. I'm not sure. This team looks really freaking good. Yeah. And great for fantasy. It's not just yeah. like the Giants where they're winning, yeah. but it's not helping anybody in fantasy. Like they, it's just success all around. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just for fun, Wes, a kicker got us hyped up. Let's go, Nick, dude. Nick Folk had 21 fantasy points this week. <laughs> Five field goals and a PAT. That was ridiculous, but it always ends up happening a couple times a year. There's always a kicker who just goes for 20, 25 points. It's crazy. But kicker Nick Folk, I know he helped people win weeks this week. I uh if 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 your Wes, if your opponent in our league did not have Nick Folk and had somebody else like Evan McPherson. He, yeah. he, you, you would have won. He, you would have won this week. Would have won. won this week, Wes. So, so definitely a lot of oh, people yeah. got us hyped up this week on a crazy week. Just a few people that had us let down here, Wes. Let's go over them. a couple of Raiders. Josh Jacobs. Listen, this team was down the whole time. Game script wasn't really favoring him. He only had ten carries. He was. He still had four targets, which he's still maintaining the passing game opportunities. But um. Just just a bit of a dud week for Josh Jacobs. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I I personally am a Jonathan Taylor owner, and I am offering I'm I'm, I'm sending offers for Josh Jacobs for Jonathan Taylor straight up just to see see if somebody believes in the upside of JT more than uh than than they do Josh Jacobs. Maybe they think Josh Jacobs is regressing, and it was just a good stretch there. I don't personally, but we'll see what happens. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. I think this is just some days you're going to have a top player like Josh Jacobs just kind of fall flat on a week, especially when – well, let's just jump to Devontae Adams. When yeah, nothing say, works in yeah, the passing game. When nothing game. happens. Yeah, when nothing happens here, 1.2 fantasy points. Like, he didn't catch a – I don't – did his catch come from Derek Carr? Like, okay, here's the root of all of this, I think. I think Derek Carr <laughs> had a stinky, poopy diaper butt game. Yep. Derek Carr was really bad. He was he barely threw for 100 yards in this game. I think he, I think he had 100 total because I think he – I'm looking at it here. He rushed for negative one. He had 101 rushing yards and an interception. Like, Derek Carr played horrible against a Saints defense who didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, like you want Marshall to hear Marshall wasn't playing in this game. Like, the, yeah, do I? Am I going to cry about it? Probably. Yeah, go for at it. halftime. Um, uh, Devonte Adams had negative point one points at half. Yeah, because he had one rush for negative one yard. Yeah. Derek Carr at the half had even worse points than that. He had negative point three eight points at the half. It's just it's terrible. It's unbelievably bad, and it's, it's, it's a terrible game for the Raiders. Terrible game for the Raiders. The Raiders do not look good. As no. far as fantasy, Josh Jacobs has been fantastic, and of course you get down games like this, but here, okay, here's what I was going to say when we are talking about Tyreek Hill and Tua ruining him and all that kind of stuff. So this will be a fascinating retrospective at the end of this season, comparing Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Because Tyreek Hill, as as we said earlier, is on pace to break the record for most receiving yards in a single season. Yeah. And Tua is playing phenomenal as well. Patrick Mahomes is playing really well as well. And this was the this was honestly the question, which was who was the real magic? Was it Mahomes being able to throw it anywhere and Tyreek Hill just had the best QB in the league? Or was it Tyreek's speed that was actually making Mahomes great. This was a real conversation as soon as they parted ways. But I don't remember anyone wondering if Devontae Adams would still be good in Vegas or if Aaron Rodgers would still be great. 
without Devontae Adams because it was, oh, back-to-back MVP. Like, sure, he doesn't have Devontae Adams, but this was the thought, like, kind of like, let's sit back and see how he's going to pull us up. How is Aaron Rodgers going to impress us once again? They're both doing he's bad. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not doing well. And it's credit. I, I give more credit to Tyreek Hill because Mahomes is a different kind of human being. But like Hill and Mahomes are crushing it. But like Adams, I wouldn't say this is a fluke or for real kind of stat line, but this is like a, okay, that can never happen again. Right. Like McDaniel. Yeah. Don't ever let this happen again. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it was it was an awful game for the Raiders all in all. And they they here's a stat I actually heard this morning. The Raiders did not have a play on this on like on the other side of the 50 yard line until Derek Carr was out of the game. It was when it was when Nick Mullins came in that they actually made it past the 50 yard line. So it's just this. That's awkward. You know. Same way we're kind of calling this fantasy week a wash. You, you hope this is a wash. You hope that, you know, the, the Raiders with the amount of talent they have, maybe when they get Waller back and they have a full arsenal of weapons, they, they kind of get a little more ground here. But AFC West, we were gearing up for this to be just a crazy division. And besides the Chiefs, nobody has been like, oh my goodness, this team is electric. Like it's just yeah. been. It's just been really, really disappointing. I think I was thinking about why Russell Wilson, speaking of the AFC West, has been such a disappointment. I think because we were spoiled two years in a row. Because Brady yeah. left New England and went to the Buccaneers and won a Super Bowl. And then Matthew Stafford left the Lions and went to the Rams and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now Russell Wilson left the Seahawks and went to Denver. And, and he won barely, in London. You barely won <laughs> three games. And it's... Is not uh, anyway. All just, right. Tiny, tiny last thing on this. Just because he brought up Russell Wilson and we yeah. haven't talked about him because he was, it was a London game. It wasn't anything crazy, dude. What's going on? Cause it feels like there are some drives that just like a switch gets flipped and it's like, Oh my yeah. gosh, it's vintage Russ. Like he's, Oh my gosh. Like he is incredible right now. It's like first half against the chargers, Russ and second half against the Jaguars, Russ. You put those together, and that was like the Super Bowl winning Russell Wilson. And it was like, what, yep. where where does this switch just flip? And it's like, now he's here. He's, he's making plays. He's leading 88-yard touchdown drives. Like, what? Like yeah. what's going on? Fascinating. I don't get Who it. Knows? It's crazy. Hopefully, they take some of this momentum into the bye week, and they figure out this offense, and they take time to really look at it in between Russell Wilson going to church camp and doing high knees uh, <laughs> to figure out what's going on, because this would be awesome to see this team really, really gain some stride here. Uh, but yeah, just, just a small note there, but moving on here, just with a couple of the guys that let us down, a couple of the teammates here, Joe Burrow and T Higgins, both kept under the 14 point mark after we just watched Joe Burrow just go crazy over the last few weeks, 13.48 fantasy points. Listen. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski, and I don't know the name of the Browns defensive coordinator, and that whole Browns defense just came out with a plan to stop that Bengals offense. Because Joe Burrow looked like Tua last year with the amount of time that he had to throw the ball. (laughs) 
it was ridiculous. He was Miles Garrett, obviously, is a force to be reckoned with. Jadavian Clowney back this week. They're playing together. Just this this team, this Browns D line was just destroying the Bengals O line. Joe Burrow had such little time to throw. Still put up 232 yards and two touchdowns. Like it's still like even on a even on a rough week. Yeah, even still, still, you know, two turnovers in this game. You know, if he doesn't have those, he's at like a 17.5 point week, which again isn't like a eh, okay. But it's also like a all right, you know, like you take seventeen point five, but it's really yeah. just without Jamar Chase, it was like oh that hit Joe Burrow way worse than we thought. But without Jamar Chase, it was like hey T T yeah, T Timothy as well. Kind of just yeah, wanted he, him to he, go off. Yeah, that's, he all, that's up, all I wanted. Yeah, he showed up a little too late to that game there uh, than I was hoping for. Needed about just over thirty points from him to pull off a comeback. Didn't get that, but. But the Bengals played the Panthers and then the Steelers and then the Titans over the next three weeks. And those are not good pass defenses. So maybe we'll see, you know, if, you know, that's about the time frame Jamar Chase is supposed to be out. Maybe over these next three weeks, this passing game figures it out and then they can get stuff going there. Steelers may have TJ Watt back at that time. I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see with that divisional matchup. Well, just some guys that let us down. We were hoping for a little more here. We we're excited. I would say more just excited to see what more could be here with the the T Higgins Joe Burrow matchup. Yeah. Then uh, the the connection there. Then then uh then then maybe let down, but just definitely we're hoping for more. Hopefully we'll see that last guy here and just a bit of a letdown because he has been so electric over the last two oh, yeah. weeks to, uh, since he got the the starting job there. But it was Kenneth Walker the third KW three. Just twelve point two fantasy points saved the day by getting uh by getting in the end zone there on that uh really honestly really awesome like cutback run he uh they, he took like a draw up the middle box was completely stacked up and he just cut it back himself and it was pretty much it was all him he broke like four tackles on his own he shook like four guys off just to kind of get to the end zone great display there on that run you know I, I've yet to have a game where Kenneth Walker has been starting where I'm not looking at a play he makes and going oh my Gosh, like he is good. <laughs> like, wow, he is really good at football. But just 12.2 points you. is a little bit of a bummer. His passing game utilization went down a little bit. Travis Homer was back. And for whatever reason, Pete Carroll loves him. He's a great special teams player. And he provides a little bit more options in the passing game as far as running backs go. So he got a little bit more of that passing game work than Kenneth Walker did. They each still only had one reception, but Travis Homer had a few plays that were, it was specifically like, okay, this is a passing down. Travis Homer is in, whereas in weeks before we've seen Kenneth Walker be in for the whole time, pretty much. So I'm not worried that he's getting opportunities taken away. Uh, just a bit of a letdown, 12.2 points after yeah, such just, major, major games over the last two weeks. Exactly. It's just a, a letdown. I mean, 12 points, fine. Take it or leave it. I mean, in this explosive weekend, it seems really bad compared right. to everything else. But everyone else, yeah. Yeah, it, it's been fine. I actually have the the snap count here. Travis Homer played 22% of snaps, which is not yeah. a lot. but so, Yeah, so so DJ Dallas got a few in there as well, but uh, Kenneth Walker III still over, I believe, still over 70%, I believe, yeah. Plus. 77%. It's, yeah, it's so he's still, he's still like very, he's still very much the workhorse back there. Seahawks over the next few weeks have the Cardinals, the Bucks, and then the Raiders, who 
Cardinals just had Dalvin Cook have a great game against them. The Bucks have been getting run all over. Mm-hmm. And then the Raiders, we just saw Alvin Kamara do crazy things for them. So going to be interesting over the next three weeks to see how Kenneth Walker the third plays out. Definitely has some nice matchups there that I'm excited about as a KW3 owner. Those are going to be the guys that let us down. Again, just a few of them over this crazy week. What a week. We're going to do our one of our favorite segments we have together ever. Oh, yeah. A lot of these guys we've actually talked about already, but we're going to we're gonna rapid fire here, some fluker for real. We're going to do some good performances here that we got to break down. And the first one here off the bat, Wes, started out in London. London, it's, yeah. This guy went crazy in London. Oh, he's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. Wembley Stadium. It's crazy. Don't even know, yeah? Oh, Bro, it's great. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, it's mad. It was so great, yeah? That's mad. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Always my favorite part of our show, by the way. All right, Travis Etienne, 25.2 fantasy points, workhorse back, 28 opportunities for the man, 28 touches, sorry, 27, 27, 27 touches for this guy in a workhorse role. This is a guy we talked about all offseason that we were hoping that was going to have this workhorse back opportunity, 25.2 fantasy points, fluke for real, but what should we say at the same time? One, yeah, we can say the same two, time. We're a little, three. we're a little delayed though. So I, yeah, I'll, so I'll be... it'll be fun though. It'll be fun. Let's just try. It okay, together. great. Ready? What are we yeah. saying? Oh yeah, never mind. Just I got fluker it. for real. One, yeah. two, three, for, for real. real. Wow, we were good at that. <laughs> nice one. I was yeah. on time on my end. I don't. I know was on time on my end too, dude. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, yeah. So Travis Etienne Jr. is just is, is the real deal. He's for real. This team is this team is not very good, but he is. Listen, he is killing it, and just plug him in. Be confident. He's good to go. Another guy in London that we saw have some success. His name's Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, yeah? 18.3 points. Seven targets, six catches, 63 yards, and touchdown. This touchdown was like a little little just pop pass, and he took it around the end there. Melvin Gordon made a great block. Greg Dulcich made a great block. Ran into the end zone inside the 10-yard line. But 18.3 fantasy points for Jerry Judy. Luca for real? Uh, I'll buy it. A bite. And it's because Corlin Sutton. That's what I was has been say. sucking. So it's been, it's been two weeks now. It's been multiple weeks now where Jerry Judy has had the production and Cortland Sutton hasn't. And I yeah. don't know if that was Russell Wilson or Brett Reppin, whoever was playing, hearing enough about Broncos quarterbacks, just not looking around the field. But Jerry Judy is getting some opportunity, and who knows? By the time this airs, maybe there's an announcement of a trade. Maybe Jerry Judy, yeah, we don't somewhere know. else. We don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about it on Friday, but but trending upward for Jerry Judy. It looks good. I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well because man, he's an awesome player. It's just this offense has been weird, but good to see him do that. Tony Pollard, West, 33 points. We talked about it a little bit, but fluker for real. I I'm a, I'm going to say fluke. Yeah, me too. Just yeah, okay. The Cowboys are dumb. <laughs> exactly. Just because exactly. I think the Cowboys are dumb. Yeah. It's because Jerry Jones is going to put in Zeke. And I think this is going to be a lose-lose situation. I don't think Zeke is going to do great anymore. Yeah. I don't think he's going to come back. And I don't think he's going to say like, huh, you know, Zeke who? Remember that whole thing? And it was right. like... I'm Z like, no, this is just going to, I think this is going to be bad for fantasy for both of them. I really hope I'm wrong. Me too. I, I mean, it'd be great if like, you know, if Zeke does come back and he starts crushing it because people took a shot on him and he's still, 
a good running back, but I th- I think Tony Pollard owners are going to be a little sad when Zeke yeah. comes back. I'm a Tony Pollard owner. I'm a little sad. I still feel like Tony Pollard can be a viable flex option every week just because I, I, I hope he gets more involvement. But I don't know. The Cowboys yeah. are stupid, so we're just going to have to wait and see in, on that. In but. weeks prior – Weeks prior, Tony Pollard has been integrated very well in the passing game. So if yeah. you are in a PPR league, there is no, there's less concern for the future when Zeke returns. But either way, it's we know it. We know deep down in our gut, this is not. Yeah. We're not going to see a workhorse happen, opportunity for Tony Pollard again. But Tony Pollard has five weeks with double-digit fantasy points versus just three with single-digit. So. He's Good. doing, he's getting, he's making well in his opportunities. And we saw that crystal clear this week, but let's move on here. DJ Moore, 27.5 fantasy points seems to be PJ Walker's top guy. Fluker for real. Oh, for real. He came real. alive. He has come alive without McCaffrey. I'll say it. I'll say it. Christian McCaffrey is holding the Carolina Panthers back. Oof. <laughs> They, I mean, they go out and they dominate the Bucks, and then they're in a shootout with a division yeah, rival. They should have won too. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. Incredible. DJ Morris twenty-one no, targets honestly, over the last two weeks. Yeah, twenty-one targets over the last two weeks. Yeah. It's for real. This is for real, and and especially in a, in a clutch hail mary throw for a touchdown yeah. to should have taken the lead. I I like this a lot. I try to make a trade. <gasps> I try to make. I know. A trade. I was thinking about it too. <laughs> I tried to make a trade as soon as McCaffrey went to the Niners. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I bet this is going to happen. And everyone was like, mm, not really. I don't think so. And I was like, no, boom, it you is. don't know it. Like I know it. And we see the future. Yeah. yeah no. so. Fun, fun little, fun little stat right here for you real quick in Vegas on the sports books, DJ Moore's uh, stat line for his over under on receiving yards, whether he'd get more or less than a certain number was, like 52 and a half. And oh. he got more than that on one catch. So <laughs> it's for real. I love DJ Moore's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. Let's jump to a guy that I'm excited about. And we're going to talk about a little later in the show, but Justin Fields, 26.04 fantasy points. Fluker for real, Wes. For real. Oh yeah. Some, some happened with that new England game where all of a sudden he was like, Oh yeah. Wasn't I, wasn't I a first round pick? Oh, okay. Yeah. And has just played really well. I mean, they, they got annihilated by the Cowboys, but like fantasy football, like yeah, look fantasy at wise. Been, yeah. It's a fantasy great. podcast. Yeah. 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 He's killing it. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, but he is absolutely killing it. That's for real. Deontay Foreman already talked about him. 31.8 fantasy points. I think we both think this is for real. Wes, are we on the same page here? Yeah, we are. And and it'll it'll decrease because 31 points is a is a hyped up kind of number. But yeah, I love seeing 26 carries. That is that yes. is oh, that is a, a meal. That's yeah. what I want so, in a starting a key, running back. Here's the key on that. 26 carries in a high scoring 34-37 game. So they right. know that they are this offense is running through the run game. That's how they are doing well. Like Steve Wilkes is like, and, we're doing well when we run it. And that's what we're going to keep doing here. And one target. So he really was running it. Yeah. One target, zero catches. He didn't sneak into this, you know, like Alba Kamara dominated the passing game as he's done for the last five-ish years. 
this is all on the ground. This is carrying a handoff and taking it, you know, to the house three times. This is fantastic. You know, when Definitely. she was back, we'll probably see a, a you know, a decrease in, in his production. But I, I think based on your running back situation and your running back health, you could slot him in as RB two. I think you could, yeah, you could be comfortable with him. Yeah, at the very least, a flex spot if not an RB two. So yeah, definitely feeling good there. Kyle Pitts, nineteen points, fluker for real. I hate him. Me too. I'm gonna I'm gonna say fluke. Oh, it's a fluke. 100%. I'm gonna say fluke. sell him. Do it again, oh, Kyle Pitts owners. Sell him right now. <laughs> he will have one more week like this the rest of the season. And it'll come a few weeks from now, but it is, it, yeah, no, sell them. The nine targets is nice to see. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good thing to see there. Nine targets for Kyle Pitts, but listen, the spikes are insane. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. No fluke. No, I, I don't want to hear anything about him. I'm so. jaded. I just, I can't buy it. Yeah. Neither can it's, I. Ugh. Anyway, move it on. <laughs> Moving on here. Rondale Moore. A guy that we were, you know, expecting to be good last week. He didn't end up doing too much. Rondell Moore, 23.4 fantasy points. Eight targets, seven catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Fluke or for real, Wes? I think this, this could be for real. I think there was a, an opportunity for Robbie Anderson to step up now that, that he had, um, you know, a week and a half of extra uh, time with the Cardinals after being traded just a few days before the Thursday night game. But... I don't know. I think Rondell Moore, I, I, I think we had some high hopes for him, you know, last season as well. He started to, to make a name for himself. I, I, I'm interested. I, I mean, if I have to pick, I'll say for real, but I'm interested to see where it goes. If I need to stream a wide receiver, you know, I've got to pick someone up. Okay. I'll keep my eye on him. What do you say? I, I think it's for real too. I, I think with that, that Thursday night game that we were expecting, you know, he's been doing really well. Uh, we were expecting a little bit from him there. And and because of not having Marquise Brown, Rondo Moore had to play like out wide kind of, and he had to play more, more snaps out, out towards the sideline. And so that's not his game. His game is the slot. His game is coming out of the backfield. His game is there. And that's what he was able to do this week after getting Robbie Anderson more involved and the schemes played out more in favor of, of Rondell Moore here and how he's used. I like Rondell Moore. I think he's a good streaming option. I don't think you necessarily need to run and grab him because I don't think he's somebody you can plug in every week and feel okay about. But yeah, if you're in a streaming situation, I like Rondell Moore a lot. Another guy I like, Wes, Tyler Algier, man. I like Tyler Algier, 17.5 fantasy points. It's kind of hard to figure out this Falcons offense, but what do we think? Fluker for real. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll disagree, so I think we'll have to we'll have to uh, discuss this. But I, I say this is fluke. I have not seen enough of. I, I just I haven't seen him be enough without a touchdown to be worth starting. He has snuck by on a couple of occasions through touchdowns to end up in double digits, and I'm not convinced the Falcons are a ground offense. I mean, I'm not talking about Kyle Pitts getting nine targets, them being a passing offense, but it's just a mixed, confusing bag of Atlanta players that I don't have yet enough confidence to say, yes, I'm taking him. And to the point now where I'm looking at Tyler Algier's recent stats, I'm thinking, 
Yeah, you know, Cordell Patterson may come back and actually be worth starting again. Who That's knows? what I was going to say. What do you think, Noah? I'm going to say fluke yeah. because Cordell Patterson's returning soon. That's what I'm going to say. Cordell Patterson was posting on his social media, him working out. He looks good. Cordell cool. Patterson is going to return, and Arthur Smith is going to keep using him over some of these other younger guys. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a fluke. But if you started Algier because you had to, maybe you had Eckler or uh, – or uh, maybe Clyde, Clyde or somebody to slide into the into a flex spot there. Joshua, you're, you're happy about yeah, you're happy about that. A few <laughs> more guys here. Let's fly through West. Jacoby Myers, 21 points, fluke or for real? Fluke. I don't. I, I never buy into these pages receivers. It's a different one every week. I don't like it. I mean, I think he's. I think he's probably the best Patriots uh, receiver, but I, I don't. No, I don't know. No. Yeah. I say no. <laughs> I, I think it's an upward trend because it was Mac Jones all game. He was doing some good stuff with Bailey Zappi, but 12 targets from Mac Jones, 21 points on, on you know, just secondary is no joke. Like sauce Gardner is good. I don't think he's going to, you know, average, this is his floor, but I think he's a decent flex play. If you have him. Uh it's, I think it's a little bit of an upward trend there just because we're seeing it with Mac Jones as well. But I'm I'm not completely sold. You know, I when we talked about who I wanted the least amount of players from in this offense in the beginning of the offseason, it was it was the Patriots and and I still stand by that besides Ramondre Stevenson. I think Ramondre Stevenson is still the only Patriot that you are locking in and are confident in going forward here. Antonio Gibson just keeps on confusing us. 20.7 points. Just seven carries, but seven targets for seven Golly. catches for 58 and a touchdown. Looks good. I mean, maybe with Heineke, this dude, I believe he had over 16 points last week. Maybe with Heineke, Gibson is on the flex radar. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's worth, maybe he's worth picking up if you got a, some bye weeks. This, this upcoming bye week has a lot of people out. I am dealing with a lot of bye weeks this upcoming week. If Gibson's available, in one of my leagues where I need to fill in, I, I'm I'm not just taking a dart throw on a uh, on on a player here. I think I think Gibson is potentially a, uh, a a good streaming option for for your fantasy team. But what do you think, Wes Fluker, for real? Probably. <laughs> I know neither of us are happy about this. I know. I was really looking forward to Brian Robinson being the guy, but I I think. You know, we're seeing Terry McLaurin come alive too. I mean, talking about that yeah. catch, but like with Heineke, McLaurin is kind of a set it and forget it receiver again. And with Carson Wentz, he wasn't. And Gibson with Carson Wentz wasn't doing much either. I just, I know, I know that if I say fluke, I'll regret it because he'll just prove me wrong. So in the meantime, I'm going to say for real because. He, he's kind of like Tony Pollard, just with more muscle mass. I mean, seven yeah. targets, seven catches, 58 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Hard to ignore, dude. Yeah, Freaking not excited fine. about it, but I think there's a little bit of for realness <laughs> to it. Yeah, definitely. Brandon Ayuk out here catching touchdowns from Christian McCaffrey, 20.1 fantasy points. Fluger for real, Wes. We both love this guy. For real. I'm locked yeah. in. I love it. Locked in. I don't care that Debo was out. Ayuk is their best pure wide receiver. He's their best pass catcher. Uh, I'm excited. And when Debo's back after their bye week, I can't wait to start him. I agree with you there. Let's jump into Tyler Conklin. 25.9 fantasy points. What? 
what <laughs> what happened here who what's going on yeah no i i mean i think we're both on the same page here west but fluker for real it's just hard to ever look at a tight end that walks in with two touchdowns that you don't even really remember their name before that game and say oh yeah this is my guy going forward so fluke i mean i don't like the uh jets offense anyway with fantasy so yeah same. I'm in the same boat there. Last guy here, guy that we both kind of like, Greg Dulcich, baby tool. Tw- uh, sorry, 12.7 fantasy points. Fluke for real, Wes. I like it. I, I do too. I like what's happening with Dulcich. He, well, I'll save it. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit too, but, you know, it's, it, it something's happening. Something he's, he's turning heads there in Denver. I like Dulcich. <laughs> Something's brewing in the air there with Greg Dulcich for sure. All right. So those are some good players we got to talk about for Fluker for Real West. Let's talk about some of these bad players. We talked about them a little bit already. Cortland Sutton, 2.3 fantasy points, third straight week with five or fewer points. Wes, I took your advice. I was trying, trying. I tried to take your advice to trade this guy and to sell him. Uh, from our garage sale segment in our last episode here. But I mean, what do we think here? Fluker for real. He's pissing me off, man. (laughs) For real. And I'm sick of it. Yeah. Garbage. I mean, thankfully I explained like all that, like math and those statistics last episode. I don't have to do it again, but it's just, it sucks that I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does suck. It sucks. Both of our my guys, Rashad Bateman and Cortland Sutton, have been super disappointing the last few weeks. And Bateman's and, been know, hurt. Sutton, so. Sutton, right. I mean, Sutton started the season good, but it's been tough, man. Let's uh, let's jump to a new New York Jets running back, James Robinson, fluker for real, and just one point seven points. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually inclined to say for real, but it, it's too early because he. Is his first game with them, and I think no, you know, yeah. it's entirely I, too early to make a call on this. Yeah, in, in my it, opinion, he joined the team with like three days of practice to go. McCaffrey only had seven or eight points his first game, and he was far more involved on his new team in his first game. They you listen, they traded for the guy for a reason. He isn't it isn't just to be a depth piece. They could have just they could have brought up. Tyler Johnson or Michael P Ryan or whoever, if they needed somebody to go behind Michael Carter, but no, it's James Robinson. It's too early to tell, but I, I truly think this is fluke and there are much better days to come for him as a RB two option, to be completely honest with you. I agree. It's, it's frustrating because you would have liked to see just a few more points. It just, just some kind of glimmer of hope there in New York. But I mean, just for what it's worth, Michael Carter saw 56% of the snaps. James Robinson saw 22% of the snaps, but then Ty yeah. Johnson ended up seeing 32% of the snaps. So he was third in the rotation. I, it is still too early to call just because it was, you know, a few days after being traded. So it just yeah, also that offense looked abysmal and Zach Wilson sucked. So <laughs> they did not look that great either. So yeah. no, no. Yeah. So, so there's that. Let's talk about my guy, the dreaded conversation to have Jonathan Taylor, 5.6 fantasy points. Listen, 16 carries is we like seeing that. And I think if he hadn't tweaked his ankle, maybe it would have been a little more here. But he had the fumble, which was like a weird, kind of a weird play, but just, it's just disappointing. 
he has been a major letdown. The you know consensus number one pick, and now it's just been just completely a letdown for this guy. What do we think, Wes? I know you had some things you wanted to say on him. Yeah, I do. Would you like to go? Would you like to make your case first before I explain why he's why this is for real? I mean, not really. I mean, I, I, okay. it's been so up and down, and so it's just like it. You know, when I made that trade for him, I was trading for the upside, and you know, while I think the upside could still be there, it's just this offense is like. Again, I mean, we kind of mentioned it. And I think you're probably going to talk about it here, but like this offense isn't like doesn't have any direction. This offense doesn't know where they're doing. It feels like. Yes, that is a, a a solid start to what I'm going to explain here. So the Colts' offensive line is ranked is ranked 26th overall. They are also 28th worst in rush pass and rush blocking, which is just to make that understandable for everyone. Only four teams are worse than they are in protecting the run, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the bears. But you know what those other four teams have in common? They have another threat outside of the running back. Okay. Bengals cards, Rams, they all have really good receivers, right? The bears, don't have fantastic receivers, but they have a dual threat with, with Justin Fields and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert each have over 90 carries and have 800 yards combined. So they have other weapons. The Colts don't. Michael Pittman has done nothing. And now they're going to another quarterback who, as much as I teased him, you know, try to make him sound awesome. Like, He's at, he was even more disappointed than I think people expected him to be. So I looked at some of the rushing numbers with the Colts. Statistically, Jonathan Taylor rushes inside the tackle more than any other starting running back. 88% of the time, he runs toward those blockers that are ranked fourth worst in blocking the run. And he's only rushed to the outside tackle uh, the other 11% of the time or whatever it is. And that's the worst. He he's rushes outside the fewest amount of any running backs. When you get into the red zone, he's only had 14 carries. And inside the five-yard line, he's only carried the ball three times. Inside the five, they're not punching it in with Jonathan Taylor. He only has one rushing touchdown on the whole season. And you wonder why. You want to know who has more rushing carries inside the five-yard line than Jonathan Taylor? James Conner. And he's been out since week five. It's a tough pill to swallow, but I'm going to call it like it is, guys. He's ranked 33. He's RB 33 on the season. John the Taylor is a bust. I'm going to say it. Yeah. He's a fantasy bust, especially yeah. for the number one pick overall. It definitely feels that way. It definitely feels that way. I, I mean, I was just, while you were talking, I was curious as to what, you know, what shifted, what changed, what, what, what happened between last season and this season. And the, the O line hasn't even changed all that much. There's two new linemen, but it's still, there is still Ryan Kelly at center. There's still Quentin Nelson at guard. And there's still, I don't remember the other guy's name, but it's there. There are it's only been two linemen that have changed. It's majority of the same line. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't 
like it. I think I'm stuck right now because I'm looking to try and move Jonathan Taylor, but I don't, I don't know who would trade for him. And I don't know I hope who would take that him. other guy and doesn't. Listen. I hope the Josh Jacobs owner takes him. Yeah. I hope Josh, <laughs> the Josh Jacobs owner buys in the same yeah. way I did when I traded for him, but it's just, I don't, I don't know what to make of his production. I don't know what I can get. I feel, I feel dumb trading like Jonathan Taylor. Like I, I, I don't think I can get Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I can get Ramondre Stevenson for Jonathan Taylor. Like they, even that, and that's a name that's like Ramondre Stevenson. I think is RB seven. Yeah, that was like nine rounds apart. They were going in fantasy drafts. It's like I don't know what value you can get in return for Jonathan Taylor, and so I think I'm stuck. The upside here is that you know hopefully he doesn't have many more five point weeks, but on a team that I have him on that I just put up 133 points with him having a five point week, maybe he can have a 15 point week and that can help me out and with my team. But I think I'm stuck with him. I don't really know what to do with him. I'm, I'm really trying to trying to move him here. And it's, it's, it's disappointing. It's, it's really yeah. disappointing. It's hard. It's hard. It is very, very hard time for Jonathan Taylor owners out here. So it's, it's tough. Let's jump through just another few of these guys here, Wes. George Pickens, zero points. The goose egg, three targets against a really good Eagles defense. What do we think, Fluker, for real? Uh, I mean, zero points won't happen again. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like to say that this is a fluke and that George Pickens will start picking it up because he's had a couple good weeks in a row, but – you know, Claypool's starting to do well too. And, you know, Johnson yeah. gets a lot of targets too. So, uh, I, I mean, if I, if I have to choose, I'm going to say fluke. I think that this won't happen again. And he'll start seeing closer to that eight, nine, 10 point range again. But you know, there are a lot of people that are very, very high on him and expect him to be, you know, the new Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. And uh, I don't know about that right now. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh is entering into a really, really, really rough stretch of seasons here because this team does not look good. This team no. doesn't look good. And and I think Wes, I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but I think they made a mistake taking Kenny Pickett. Um I think they may have been I mean it's hard to say where it's hard to say a GM is like pressured into drafting somebody for a football team, but like they I, I don't they could have had Mitch Trubisky and have the same record here, I think. And still have now a top pick in next year's draft, which is loaded with quarterback talent. And that's an interesting they could, And they, I, I think, I honestly think it's, it's tough, but I, I think we could be looking at like a Josh Rosen situation here where they still take mm-hmm. a quarterback with their first pick next year, because Pickett hasn't really shown signs of, of being, a franchise quarterback. So they probably won't just because people have reacted to Kenny Pickett positively already. And so they'll just hear that and, and, you know, try not to ship him away. I mean, kind of like Gardner Minshew with Jacksonville, but yeah, it's very interesting because it, yeah, I think you're right. I think they would have had just as many wins with Mitch Trubisky and yeah. protected Kenny Pickett from being obliterated with that SPBD line. So agree. I agree. A couple of Rams here. Daryl Henderson with five points. Tyler Higby with 3.5 points. I was just 
both both these guys well, Fluger for real, Wes. I think this is for real. I think it's for real for I don't, both of them. I don't like what's happening with the Rams offense still. Like I like yeah. that Al Robinson had another double digit game. That's great for those that have, you know, maybe picked him off the wire because people dropped him after the first couple of weeks. But, you know, I mean, even if Cooper Cup misses this game, um, I'm not firing up Daryl Henderson. I'm not thinking the rushing game is going to be the way to go. It's yeah. just this offense. I don't know. Do we need to give a thousand points of credit to OBJ? Like, was he really this much of a difference maker for the Rams? <laughs> was he like, really that guy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Robert Woods, you know, when he was there and then they traded him away and got OB or not traded him away before that. But I don't know. Maybe they just need a wide receiver too. And Al Robinson's helping. I don't know. I, point being for real. I don't like the Rams offense for fantasy. Yeah. Backfield is interesting. Sneaky, maybe waiver ad here. Guy worth considering is Ronnie Rivers. Guy. Ooh, okay. Exactly. Random name, but it's like he had Might eight as carries well. <laughs> to Daryl Henderson's four, and he had four receptions. Like he was involved in the offense. So maybe also I know Kyron Williams, their rookie from Notre Dame, is coming back. This Rams offense is weird, man. Besides yeah. Cooper Cup and maybe Allen Robinson. I don't know if there's anybody else. It's worth, very possible worth putting that, in your lineup that uh, we we saw one of their last victories on the season, Noah. Potentially, yeah, potentially it could be. I mean, yeah, it's too it's too early to jump ship on McVeigh, Stafford, Cup, Donald, yeah. Ramsey, and Wagner. But I don't know. I don't know, man. Could be. I hope they enjoyed the Super Bowl parade because I don't think it's coming again this year. <laughs> anyway last guy here Derek Carr we already kind of talked about him 1.94 fantasy points I mean I don't know how you can say for real on this because I don't think it's, I, it's you got to be even more talented to try and repeat this performance than to not <laughs> but I mean right. this is just a, I think yeah. it's a down week but it, it, Derek Carr necessarily hasn't been lighting it up but Fluger for real Wes yeah I like that analogy you have to be more talented than than possible to even do worse. There was a teacher of mine in high school that would give you 105 or 110 on your test if you intentionally if you got, got a every zero. Single, yeah, if you got every single. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to bring risk that you take. People you say get that. one right. You get one right, and there you go. You get like a three on your test. Yeah. Um, look, this is, this is fluke, um, but not for a good reason. This is fluke because Devontae Adams' game was a fluke. This is yeah. not going to happen again when you have a talented wide receiver like that. Or if he throws it to Josh Jacobs and he takes it to the house or 40-yard gain, whatever it is. But I think with that being said, it's for real and that Derek Carr is probably not worth starting again. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. That is going to do it for fluke or for real here. Let's do a little bit of waiver ads, Wes. What do you think? I think that sounds like a fantastic idea, Noah. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Let's go through real quick our waiver ads for week eight slash nine. I guess week nine waiver ads. I'm not sure who are, which way we fall on that. Maybe week eight waivers. But who are we adding off the waiver wire, Wes? Who's the waiver ad of the week? I teased him a little bit. I like Greg Dulcich. Mm -hmm. I like what's happening there with him involved in the Denver passing game. He's coming alive. And I think Russell Wilson knows it. He has had double digits in every game he's played. And his first game, he, you know, we'll say for the narrative, Noah, he won you your game. 
He won you your oh, game yeah. fantasy. He was my savior. He saved you because all of a sudden uh, you had to inactive basically Dalton drop Schultz, yeah. Dalton Schultz because of an inactive Sunday night game. And you said, well, here we go. Put in Dulcich. What do you know? Touchdown against the Chargers yeah. Monday night football. Well, then after that, he's averaged seven targets a game in the last two weeks. And he's averaged 69 yards in, in the last two games. With Cortland Sutton fizzling out of this offense, and again, we're recording this before the trade deadline has completed, so this is all speculation too, but Jerry Judy is on the, on the trade block. K.J. Hamler is on the trade block. Even still, I like the way Dulcich is being involved. He is truly being targeted, and he is making differences in that offense. He is getting big first down. He's getting big plays. This is an actual fantasy option, an actual passing option for the Denver's Denver Broncos. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's worth taking, not just because it's an upper trend, but I looked only two tight ends have eclipsed a hundred points in fantasy this season, halfway through. So we still need some good tight ends. So yeah, here's a great option for you. Go get Greg Dulcich. We talked about it. I love Greg Dulcich. He was my savior that week. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he's absolutely killing it. He is involved in this passing offense. I like Greg Dulcich a lot. I think it's a great waiver ad and, and probably one that not many people will be looking at because the Broncos have a bye week this week. So he is a bit of a stash. You won't get the immediate impact, but you might, you have free reign on him no matter where your waiver order is at, or you might need to not, not need to spend a ton of like, fab if you need to get him like yeah it's probably not gonna exactly. be a ton of you may radars to because use... yeah because he's gone going on a bye week so right just plug in if you want someone else for waiver wire use your waiver wire order and then maybe just get him on uh wednesday afternoon or something yeah definitely i like it great uh no this is great because you and i both have we both wanted the same two these these are both of our top two waiver wire ads yeah. and you said, I'm taking Greg Dulcich. And I was like, uh, okay, I wanted to. And then you said, scratch that. This is my waiver wire ad. And I was like, yes, I'll get Dulcich. And now you get to talk about your waiver wire out of the week. Let me hear all about it. I can't wait to tell you because attention, all Tom Brady owners <gasps> publicly shared that we needed to pivot. We needed to move on. And I found our answer. It's <gasps> Justin. Fields. It's Justin Fields, baby. Quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Listen, Justin Fields has been quietly like killing it in fantasy over the last month. He has finished a top 12 quarterback each of the last four weeks. A finish of 17 points, a finish of 18.4 points, a finish of 23.4 points, and then a finish of 26 points. The stairs just keep going up. He is ascending in the fantasy quarterback rankings here with these performances, 26 points put up by Justin Fields on the Cowboys defense, the most fantasy points scored by a quarterback against the Cowboys this season, over nine points more than anybody else has scored on the Cowboys as a quarterback for fantasy all season. Jalen hurts coming in second to Justin Fields here over the next three weeks. Justin Fields goes up against the Miami dolphins, the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons, all of which are matchups he should thrive in. As I just mentioned, he put up 26 points against the Cowboys team, who is allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. 
to give some context as to why I'm so high on Justin Fields over the next three weeks and why he should be a top priority waiver ad. Here you go. The Dolphins are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. The Lions are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And the Falcons are allowing the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Justin Fields is about to feast. He may turn in. Justin Fields may turn in some MVP Lamar season type weeks over the next three weeks with that rushing upside. Get him on your roster right now. Justin Fields could be a key to you winning your matchups over the next three weeks. Get him on your roster. Book it. Baby, here's here's I... the craziest part of all this, Wes. We were talking about it a little bit before we recorded the show. I traded for Kyler Murray after I talked about Tom Brady on Friday. Yeah, I literally have almost talked myself into Justin Fields and convinced myself upon Justin Fields over Kyler Murray, even though I just traded for Kyler Murray. Like, I, <laughs> or at least over the next three, the matchups are just so juicy. And listen, I'm not gonna say anything about you know it's because of these players but Nikhil Harry got activated off of um off of the IR for the Chicago Bears team and he caught a touchdown this week so maybe maybe Justin Fields and Nikhil Harry have a little bit of chemistry here it's gonna help Fields in the passing game I love Justin Fields over the next three weeks I think he's a top wire top priority waiver ad this week I would argue that he could be the number one priority, especially, I don't know how many quarterbacks you want to name that have been disappointing. I mean, yeah, especially because there's like, yeah, there's like five quarterbacks that you can start confidently and that's it. Yeah. 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 I think that, you know, we need, you know, a lot of people need a quarterback to kind of lock in for the next couple of weeks, especially after this explosion of a weekend, we need to find someone to kind of help us out. I like it. I'm very, very excited to see. I would think that Justin Fields gets at least 20 points the next three weeks. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that. He has at least, I'm looking at his stat line right here. He's got three total touchdowns, two touchdowns, a touchdown, touchdown. He has at least scored a touchdown each of these last four weeks, and he's using his legs here. He's He's got eight carries, 12 carries, 14 carries, eight carries. He's consistent in the running game. He's improving in the passing game. His attempt, his passing attempts are going up. He looks good, man, and I'm thrilled to see him play against these poor pass, you know, poor defenses to quarterbacks. I think it's going to be awesome. I agree. I love it. Fantastic I'm choice. It. I'm excited for it. It is that time of the week again where we get excited for a Thursday night football matchup only on Amazon Prime. Oh, boy. We're expecting just a <laughs> blowout from the Eagles as they go to Houston to take on the Texans. Here's the thing. We normally give must-starts, risky starts, and don't starts. Wes and I are on the same page here. This is going to be the easiest must-start, risky start, don't start segment all year. Must-start all Eagles players. Start your Eagles, start your Eagles fantasy players. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Start them all. They're going to feast. They're going to go crazy. 
this whole offense is. This is this is going to be incredible. Those are your must starts. Risky starts, not really anyone. Oh, also, not to mention, sorry, um, I didn't even mention Eagles defense. Eagles defense as well. Get them in the lineup. Risky starts, not really anyone. You don't feel really split about it. Maybe Damian Pierce, which leads me to our don't starts. Don't start anyone on the Texans besides Damian Pierce. That's all the time we have for the troll fantasy. <laughs> easiest, easiest must start, risky start, don't start all season. It's just, it, it there's, uh, we decided there's no reason to like waste people's time on this. It was like, we know, we know yeah. how this is going to go. This isn't a trap game. No, nope. It's just going to, Eagles are going to absolutely destroy and it's going to be fantastic. I have nothing to say. I mean, you said it all. It's just yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, great, great segment. There you go. Yeah. Before we go <laughs> off of this episode, though, we want to give you a little bit of a teaser for our Friday episode, episode twenty-one. Mm. We've been doing this for twenty. Yeah, twenty-one episodes of this podcast out west. It's pretty cool. Uh, but episode twenty-one. Yeah, thank you guys. This Friday, you've heard us throughout the season say, "Mark my words." Well. We've been marking those words. We we have marked our words every time we've made that bold claim or a hot take, and we've said that mark my words. We've written it down so we can see how we end up doing. We're at the halfway point of the season after this Thursday night football for week nine. Wes and I are going to look over our mark my words to see how we've done up to this point. Do a little mid-season review. It's going to be a fun time. Make sure you tune in for that episode. It's going to be a good one. But that is going to be all the time we have for this episode, wherever you're listening. We'd appreciate it if you give the episode five stars and write something funny in the review. So we can give you a shout out next time. We're on social media everywhere at 4th and Troll and on Facebook at 4th and Troll Fantasy. Look for our mascot, Tidy the Troll, and make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time. Every Tuesday and Friday, I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. Fantasy.